Before we start this episode, I'd like to thank you for your continued support of the Nowhere Fast podcast. If you have a minute or two to spare, and you've been enjoying these interviews, please consider leaving a rating or review. If you liked a specific episode, share it with your friends. It really helps spread awareness, and helps a whole new audience find the show. For any other information you might need, visit www.nowherefaststudio.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode, and enjoy the rest of your week. First of all, thank you so much. I, I was telling you a bit before we hit record how how genuinely impressed by the book I like it's I think my my favorite favorite book like of of what it is maybe ever definitely in a in a very long time like it's uh a very cohesive it it's the most info i've really absorbed about west edmonton mall all in one place and i feel all the info is i mean real and fact-checked and relatable and like it's all it's all a plus info like sometimes people people tell me some stuff about the mall and it's it's interesting but it's not you know, there's a reason why I feel I haven't heard it before because it maybe isn't isn't the most interesting. So I've, I mean, I guess we'll get to it. I have no idea how you even like found so much information on them all and, and like fact checked it all. And I looked into a few things after. Like it wasn't that I didn't believe you. I was just like, there's there's no way. <laughs> it's okay if you did it. <laughs> There's no way this happened without me knowing, but there was so much stuff in there that I never before. And uh, it's it's all incredible. I implore anyone listening, like pick up the book for sure. I talk to people all the time about the mall and people are so curious about it. And I can, I can say for sure, this is like the most extensive, like cohesive body of info about them all that I've I've ever seen and you know before we start this I just have one thing that I really noticed about the book I think I feel like I don't know if it was intentional or not but your language like your selection of words it's like I, I don't even know how to explain it and I was telling my girlfriend I need to get the wording of this right because i don't want to approach like an <laughs> author and just say i liked how the book was written and not really explain it but there there was one one instance that i feel kind of sums it all up there was one one use of the word turned <laughs> i think right you only used that word once but i think you very very selectively put in these words that like let people know that you're cool and you understand like kind of words of the time but you didn't use them too much where it seems like 
one of those like hello fellow kids type things like yeah you weren't like like really trying to fit in you just like sprinkled in these words that were relatable and it's like oh yeah i i say that word very sparingly as well <laughs> also yeah. the swearing i feel like you there are only a few instances of curse words that i remember and it made me think like when this word is used she must really be trying to like convey a message because you know like i i have friends that swear a lot and then it doesn't really have the same effect like yeah it loses its power yeah exactly but i i feel there were only a handful of times where you would just say uh like fuck or something i mean we can we can say whatever we want on here so it's fun but hell yeah yeah and i i feel like what is that just how you speak or was that purposeful like did you go in and pull out swear words just <laughs> to keep it minimal Ooh, that's i've genuinely never been asked this before and i am flattered that you think that it made me sound cool or that it reflects my coolness in some way um i think i i, I try to write like how i speak and in my speech i definitely I, I do be peppering in <laughs> some some shit, some fucks, some turns. Um, it was actually funny when the book was being edited, some of the words were flagged. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, there's one part in the book. Um, uh, it's like talking about like bumping and grinding. Oh, um, to R. Like, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, bumping, yeah, bump. Or I think the line was like where teeth it was describing um rock oh, and like, ride. Yeah, rock and yeah, rock and ride. Um and there's a line about how teens were uh, bumped and grinded to R. Kelly and the editors suggested changing it to bumped and ground, because grinded isn't like a real verb. And I was like, no, we have to keep it as grinded. Um, because ground would just sound so weird. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there was like a I don't think I had to fish out too many shits or fucks, thankfully that i mean that that's a better answer right like if it was all organic that's even even more kismet than if you had like gone in and select you know there's like 12 but you only wanted eight i i just think it it really like it helped with it all and i i mean not to compare myself to you at all like i've i've written a couple Go for it. just like the stupidest newsletters and stuff never a book but i also try to write similar to how i would speak yeah because uh, i feel like i mean not to say anything about any of the writers but people who make their work too polished you can kind of tell like i've met people and then read some of their like more professional writing and you can kind of tell it's too far from how these people actually are. Like it might might work if, if people don't actually know the author, because then what they know of the author is the polished work. But if if I know someone and I'm reading something completely different than like what they kind of present day to day, it seems weird to me in a way. So I I don't mm. know you at all. 
But hearing that, I, I love the idea of it, like just keeping the running true to how you are day to day. The other thing I have to say, kind of, I, I made a list of, of things I want to talk about, and this is yeah. towards the bottom. But if I don't mention it, I'll forget. So I was going through the book, and, and my dad is an American literature professor at the University of Alberta. So. Oh, I recognized your last name. Yes. I mean, it's not a secret at all. A lot of people don't like figure it out, but then a lot of, of book people do. Like I, I talked to Jason Purcell from like rest in peace class books yeah, and, can... uh, and he he knew it. like anyone that kind of knows that world like could put them together yeah totally so uh, like as the book uh, like as i'm towards the end one of the thoughts in my head was i just wonder what my dad would think of this just because like i know how much i enjoyed it and how much it was resonating with me and i know how much like literature and words and books and all that mean to him. So I was just thinking for no reason at all, really how I wonder what he would think about this. And then right as I was kind of thinking it, is you uh, referenced uh, a saying that was coined by Derrida. Uh, I think it's our present is haunted by our future something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and and my dad's favorite author is Derrida and when I was growing up he had a I don't know a poster or a framed print of him in his office so I don't really know anything about Derrida I I might not even know the name if it wasn't for my dad liking him. So as I'm wondering what he would think, you made this reference, and now I've made a note to myself to maybe later in life call like a a photo zine or something that name, just because your book really like means a lot to me. I've just read it, but it's up there with my favorite books. To know that phrase meant enough to you to like quote it. And then my dad loving Derrida as well. Now that phrase, I love it. Because like two two different things in my life that mean a lot to me. Also, Derrida means something to them. So now because of I mean his kind of foreshadowing and then you mentioning it now, I I plan on kind of becoming obsessed with Derrida going forward. <laughs> so maybe next yeah. time you and I speak, I'll know more about Derrida. But for now, I just think it's really funny that all of that kind of came together in the end. Yeah, oh, that is really cool. I don't know, I think that is cool, just with the literature, how it makes all those things come together, like from our family or like culture. Um, I look forward to talking to you about Derrida in the future, because honestly, I really don't understand most of his stuff. It's so confusing. Um, but I, I like um, pretending that I do. <laughs> Name dropping some smart people in the book and not knowing much more beyond that. <laughs> Is that, I guess you kind of just answered, but is that like an author who 
you've read a lot of their stuff or like is that quote just it fit read then so it became part of your book yeah I'm trying to think if I actually directly quoted Derrida or if I directly quoted Mark Fisher who um who I quote a lot in the book so I think that was around the idea of like hauntology and like um Mark Fisher's ideas um around um kind of like the death of the future um I've read a lot of Mark Fisher and I find his work more accessible um Derrida was um a French I guess a French literature scholar and I read a bit of him in my undergrad um like in English classes or like in political theory classes and to be honest so much of it went over my head actually I don't have it in front of me right now I've got this um this like illustrated comic book version that tries to kind of explain Derrida's whole philosophy and it's been a while since I've cracked it open but it might be time to do that again um to prepare me for conversations like this yeah maybe maybe I should look into Mark Fisher as well because like as you're explaining Derrida it seems like you know what one of those things that if it's too much for you it's probably way too much for me so I uh the the accessible approach seems better for me as well so maybe uh that's that's something i'll look into after after this conversation as well yeah and look up photos look up photos of derrida too because he was super hot (laughs) he was a really hot um scholar so those are hard to find so um i recommend anyone google jacques derrida and enjoy the sexy black and white literary photos of him maybe uh you know my my dad's still a handsome guy but i think when he's younger he kind of was uh, a hot professor as well so maybe Hell yeah that, that's a bit of where it comes from as well um i i told him i did i pointed him in the direction of your book and told him we were doing this today and he was super excited so maybe i'll give him a call later and and tell him even more of what we talked about and see if uh if he related to derrida on on looks at all if that was part of, <laughs> part of the draw that's sick takes one to know one i have uh another it, it's not even a question really it's a thank you because since I was young, not super young, but like a while, like when I was in high school, I uh, actually went to summer school. I just, I mean, the situation is bad, but I wish if I could have been involved in this situation now, it would have been incredible to be able to like piece together this story but i was in class i don't even remember his name but i was in class with this kid who was a self-proclaimed mall rat mm-hmm. but he was like uh, he was the real deal like he he would always say back then like no i'm actually a mall rat like me and my friends we've lived in the catacombs we've like oh he'd like tell us all the stories of the mall and uh then again i uh, my girlfriend reminded me maybe i should trigger warning this it's uh kind of brutal but 
we were in class one day and this kid comes to school with like bandages on both of his wrists and he mm-hmm. had apparently attempted suicide the day before because he was a mole rat that had been caught in the catacombs and he oh was God. banned from the mall and he actually uh he told the whole class that he didn't want to live in a world where he wasn't allowed in the mall and i i've always not like glorified the 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 inner workings of the story but i've always told people these are serious people there's a whole culture of like not not mall rats that you think of like not just people that go to the food court and then go home like these people are actually very obsessed and like you know in like a a very out there way they're super obsessed with them all people believe me but they never really like you know they probably didn't have it in the right context like if you weren't in that class which none of my friends were no one knew but i've been saying like forever there's these people and also there's the catacombs no one believed me i uh like i mean my dad is a professor at the university my mom isn't anymore but she used to be a reporter for ctv and i think she has shown me some of the old like news things they did about the catacombs Mm -hmm. i would always tell people i've i've seen these with my own eyes like they're real they were on the news there was people living in the mall like there was this whole underground thing no one really believed me everyone just thought it was like you know kind of an old wives tale like gone through generation and just got embellished but then i mean you fully confirm it like you you talk about it it's funny at the beginning of the book i wrote down uh like things that i wanted to talk to you about and i wrote the catacombs <laughs> before you had actually talked about them i was just thinking like i don't know how in-depth it'll get about that i want to make sure to ask her if in any of the research for this book did the catacombs come up at all but then you you discuss them like in in length so i would just like to thank you for giving truth to that so now maybe any of my friends that i've been like telling about the catacombs for years now they'll know like it's it's a real thing have you ever like did you see any of the news stories like in your research yeah yeah i think that's where i got most of my information from um because i guess obviously the mall isn't going to advertise the fact that teenagers have for a long time I don't know if this continues, but um, lived in the tunnels underneath the malls. Um, yeah, and I guess like what I know from the news stories is that when we talk about the tunnels, it's like the built-in tunnels that mall staff use um, and like like the store staff use to take materials from the loading dock to the different stores. Um, but yeah, the, there's actually a few different um, series that the Edmonton Journal has put on I think like the main series was in 1992 um, and it's fascinating like there's um, 
like several in-depth features interviewing these teenagers, like hearing their stories. Um, and I think like now looking at it from our lens in 2024, like there's ways to see how some of that reporting was problematic, but still really interesting. Um, I think it reflects that um, idea that you're talking about with that guy that you went to school with, that people found a real sense of community there, like to think that if they were just to be kicked out of the mall, it would be pretty devastating. Yeah, he, you know, like back then, I, I barely, I was like kind of a cynical teen, and I probably didn't like the mall back then. You know, like I, the mall wasn't like cool to us, so it wasn't really something that I looked at as fondly as I do now. And I think he, he was the only one in that class. There wasn't a group of them, but if I if i uh was still in touch with them that it would be incredible like just being able to you know hear the stories like straight from someone who's been there it would would be incredible but like most things like that it's hard to go back and like you know the hindsight is 2020 like if i had a podcast back then maybe i would have decided to talk to him but it didn't go that way at all but i also should say that i mean i've told people this too and it's not that they don't believe me but you know they probably just don't care i used to work in receiving at hmv so i i've actually been in the the hallways you're talking about and then there were like there were definitely hallways that you had to go down to either bring in large shipments there were hallways where all the like all the celebrity like all the people performing on the stage they had to go underground to avoid fans and stuff so and then we had to like throw out boxes and everything so absolutely those catacombs exist i've been in some of the the main ones and i can they go forever i I think you can actually go under pretty much the entire mall in these catacombs and then i've i've heard that also um to i i know you you referenced the um like disneyland um the vlogs of the the college Yeah. And it, it just made me think that I've heard Disneyland also has catacombs where the staff can get through the entire grounds underground, like so they don't have to be running through crowds of people. So yeah, that's so like, real. Different, but sort of the same. Like underground, they probably exist for sort of the same reasons, right? So you can access everything without having like on boxing day or something it would be impossible to get through them all so you'd have to go underground like to get in between things yeah oh that's interesting i never even made that connection between the two of them but it's it's putting all these ideas in my mind like how both of them are kind of like a stage like they kind of it's like i know at disneyland this is like so nerdy that i know this but they refer to like front stage and backstage like front stage is like the main park that anyone would go in but then if you're like in those tunnels or those back hallways and stuff that's called like backstage 
So I don't know. It's interesting how a, a building has to like perform itself for the people visiting it. Do you, uh, I mean, this is another random question, but I just, I think of the way I work and then wonder if guests are like burdened by the same like neuroses as I am, but after you did a project like this, you like clearly did a ton of amazing research. And then you got to a point where you're like, all right, this is done. But then after it's done, have you come up with more things that you maybe not wish were in the book, but like, could you potentially, not that you would, but do you have enough stuff for like another book? Maybe, you know, like when, when I do a research thing and I find out all about it and it's done and I post it or do whatever then like forever like from then to the rest of my life i'm thinking new things about that thing and thought you know i wish i had known this this would have fit in perfectly here has that happened to you at all oh yeah like to a really frustrating extent too like i find it frustrating because every time i talk to people about the mall they tell me like 10 interesting stories about it. Like, and it could even just be about Weston Tomorrow. Like you just told me that story about that guy that you know. Um, and also a lot of stuff has happened at West Edmonton Mall since I wrote the book. Like there were those, there have been two lockdowns at the mall um, yeah. since I've written it. Um, there's that really unfortunate accident um, in the parkade where a kid kind of stood up and hit themselves and passed away in the parkade. That's just like dark stuff, but um yeah the mall like malls in general are just always in the news there's always going to be something new to talk about with malls because they're such a social place like as long as people are going to the mall there's going to be new things to write about with malls so it's so frustrating that it's like I can't capture everything in this one little book but I also don't know if I want to write a whole book again so if you want to do it I would read your book Wesley See, it, it's funny you say that because I, as I'm reading your book, I thought exactly, I mean, that same sentiment, but way more like negative. I just thought, I'm just like some idiot that likes the mall, you know, and I'm like, yeah, the water person is funny, whatever. You like actually broke down so eloquently, like, what's happened at the mall, why it's important, so many different like facets. And then it just made me think like my fandom of the mall is so (laughs) minuscule compared to like the effort you put in. So as you're saying, I don't think anyone would read my book. I I think (laughs) the, the only fun fact I know about the mall was that I, I cannot be the only, like I can't, coin that I figured out that the R's were out of place, but I also can't find (laughs) anyone who's ever talked about that before. No, that blew my mind. Like, I had no clue about that um, until I read your newsletter. I was like, what the fuck? And now that's really gonna bother me. It's, It's really funny. I 
I'll explain like the actual truth to it right now because I've never I've told that story, but I haven't told how we actually Ooh, came speak to that. on it. Yeah. My uh my like best friend, uh, a friend of mine that helps out with pretty much any design that I've done, like any uh, like I don't know anything about anything really, but any Noah Vass like designs he is helped with. So years ago, I just out of civic pride thought we should do uh, a t-shirt with the water park logo just because yeah. everyone knows what it is. It's random right 170th. I had a skateboard team for a shop. Some of the kids who were on the team were actually like kind of West End like residents. So I thought like this makes sense. It's like an Edmonton Pride thing. Why not? So my friend is like a stickler for everything. He's, he's very, very precise, very good at what he does. So instead of just looking online or, you know, kind of doing it from scratch, he actually went and took a photo of the sign and then he was going to digitally trace it. And after he did it, he sent it to me. And he was like, the R's clearly, because he's such a, like, he pays attention to detail. So he was like, the R's, the wave doesn't go through. And if you change the R's, it does, right? So it must have been installed wrong. He's like, do you want me to leave it like that? Or do you want me to switch them? And I thought about it for a second and I was like, you, I think you may have just discovered something like really incredible. I was like, leave it, like absolutely leave it. And now this isn't just going to be like a water bottle logo shirt. Now there's a story to it. But then we both decided we would put the shirt out and not really tell that part of the story <laughs> unless it was kind of in person like the the Noah fast story used to be really weird and it was it was only ever me working there so when people came in to get the shirt i could say kind of in person like oh do you you see these ours like there yeah. this is how they are on the wall but i didn't like post the story we just told people and that was years ago and then this time I thought I should actually write a newsletter about like what happened because I had the, I had ordered a few of these hats just for something like a, a fun release that wasn't really taken too seriously, but I had an idea that I could tell this story and then sell something it just felt better to me to have a story behind what you're selling instead of just like selling another dad hat like everyone <laughs> sells dad ads right so yeah. we we kind of found out with, like without really even trying to and then I asked around and asked a bunch of people and I uh kind of I got far enough that I kind of got the ear of someone at the mall to ask <coughs> ask them 
if they knew about it and yeah. what like I don't know I obviously should have known they probably wouldn't like it but I I was just kind of naive and thought I just said like we've done these hats you know we we did this logo or we traced the logo this is what it looked like is do you guys like know about this or can you give me like a statement or anything and the only statement they gave me was don't use our logo <laughs> like they, they yeah they were not not happy about it that's why we only ended up doing i think 12 hats and when they were gone they were gone and i like was in a way like kind of nervous i've i heard from that person actually they were like yeah the mall's pretty strict about they don't want their like intellectual property used by anyone that isn't them so they were like just don't use a logo but i had already ordered the hats right so i was like yeah "Eh, they're like we already used them but that that's kind of why there may or may not be any more released because they were so like adamant about it but yeah did you uh did you ever like talk to anyone at the mall like did you get a comment or anything from anyone or are they the same with you like i've I've heard that they just don't really want to talk about the mall with anyone for any reason yeah um probably for similar reasons as you like i've just heard a lot of this stuff before um yeah i didn't contact them all because then i just feel like it opens a can of worms like i didn't want to feel like i needed to ask permission from anyone to write about anything and sometimes i think when you have those conversations like especially when it's like a business owner um and it's like people like the germesians that are kind of I don't know. Yeah, I've heard similar things to you. Um, I feel like it would just get in the way of writing a book that felt honest. Um, So I just avoided that. Did they ever, did anyone ever come after you about the hats or is that still a secret? Uh, No, no, not at all. It's funny, like it was very, uh, I mean, obviously I'm I'm glad that I'm not in a legal battle with the Germanians, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I I actually kind of thought just because the way social media works, I thought for sure someone's gonna add someone, and the best amateur mall guy is gonna figure it yeah. out and like make yeah, it public and whatever. Like no one, no one. I think a couple of people sent me messages that I don't even know how true they are but like someone was like oh I actually know them they got good put you in touch like they're gonna want to split a profit so oh my god and then I was like well I mean like first of all they're sure that I would split they could have all the profits if they let me use that logo to make a bunch of ads that's fine but uh these they sold out instantly which isn't really anything to brag about because there was only 12. like anyone (laughs) could sell 12 civic pride things like you know so like 
at that point, there was nothing really to talk to them about. And then yeah. I think an account, like, I don't even know what it was called, but some account that documented workers of the water park followed me and their bio, I think it said like something about like this private bio because like the mall can't see what goes on in this account. But then when I followed them, they never approved the follow and I never saw what was on the account. And it didn't, it didn't seem like there was a lot. Like, if they didn't have, like, thousands of posts, they had, like, eight posts. And it <laughs> it didn't really drive me insane not to be able to see it. Yeah. yeah so I just kind of, like, gave up. But through all of it, it just made me think, like, if if the waterbug made their own dead hats that you could buy at the water park they would probably sell thousands of them like oh my god yeah i would be one of those purchasers for sure no i would be too because like the, the thing is like when we did the shirt it had its story but when we did that i just wanted event i like dreamed of going to valley village on my day off with my girlfriend finding an old water park hat and that being like the best thing i owned but as for uh, like in all my my minimal research i found they had never made merch so i wasn't able to buy it so i just thought i'll make it yeah and then yeah. i purposely use kind of like a navy a fabric that was almost like a washed fabric that like looked kind of more worn i guess everything looks more worn the more you wear it but this like sort of looked vintage like quickly and now yeah. when i wear it in public a lot of people have asked me like is that a vintage like where did you get that at <laughs> So oh, I so think cool. like perfect. That's exact. I just wanted to have a hat that looked like a hat that we like found at Valley Village that was from like the the mall in the eighties or something. And that's kind of what it was. I I would still like the I would say the the option like the case isn't closed. I may make more depending on if I do it like secretly kind of like there are a lot of people who have asked for them so i might make them and then not really like post that there's more like just kind of make enough to like get the people who have expressed interest in them yeah or if the mall would ever like grant permission you know i could yeah. do that too but it kind of like it loses a bit of its edge kind of when it's authorized like to me yeah. it, it seems cooler when it's like against the rules yeah i don't know it's sometimes weird too to think about the mall as a private company because kind of feels like all of our mall like it, it belongs to all of us i don't know i think you should make more hats i want one do you uh you i noticed you like definitely talked about like personal experience at the mall but I feel like you didn't 
really talk about like do you have like a personal like what's what's the best thing that's ever happened to you at West End? Oof, great question. I think so. Okay, I guess I need to come out as a Saint Albertan. Um, that will diminish my cool factor for sure. Um, so it's not like I was like maybe not. <laughs> really. <laughs> I actually, St. Albert has, a, like, a good majority of the cool people I know are from St. Albert. Oh, my God. I guess you've curated well, then. There's a lot of not cool people from St. Albert. No offense to my people. Um, but I guess I didn't have the same experience of the malls. I guess, like, if you went to, um, I guess, what's, like, a close school to uh, West End, like, St. FX? Is that pretty close? Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Vic. You went to Vic, great. Um, so I guess if you went to like a West End high school or just anywhere more close, I think it's more of like a hangout spot. Um, but I guess my really good memories of the mall were like where it felt like an occasion to go there. Like the one memory that really sticks out, I guess, because it's one that I wrote about. Um, it was when I was in grade nine. And... Um, I don't know, my school just awarded anyone that had good attendance and like good grades with a trip to the mall every year. And you got to choose between going to the water park, um, Galaxyland or Reds randomly. That seems like such a weird place to spend like an entire day. Um, so my friends and I chose the water park. And I just remember it was like the best day ever. Like we, uh, my friends like brought these uh, waterproof disposable cameras um, people were like making out like in the wave pool I was not making out with anyone I was just watching my friends make out with people um, but it was weird like being in this like cusp of um, you know almost being in high school like these older teenagers and it felt very becoming it, it felt like the best day ever <laughs> it it like I I never had a I mean, my school didn't send people there and they wouldn't have sent me there if they did. But I also like birthday parties, that type of stuff. Like I remember having some of the probably best days of, of my youth at the mall yeah. as well. And and at the water park kind of specifically. I have, I think, uh, spent a, a few birthdays at Galaxy Land, but I think oh, yeah. the, the water park was like the, the main, the one that everyone kind of wanted to like either go to a birthday or host a birthday there. Yeah, I had, I had a lot of birthdays there too. It was just so good. Like I'm like right now I have such an overwhelming feeling of wanting to feel that humidity. Like, you know, just the way it smells when you walk in and it's so warm. I'm addicted to that feeling did did you go like do you ever come come back and visit yeah. like do you come to edmonton or st albert oh yeah yeah so my whole family still lives in st albert and i still have a lot of friends in edmonton um my partner and i him and i moved to vancouver in 2016. we both went to the u of a so still a lot of friends at home and um, one thing that we randomly have done is uh, we go to the water park and we've brought books as well. So we've just treated it like the beach. Um, 
I would recommend that. It was very nice, like reading your book in one of those chairs and then like getting up and going on the slides or in the wave pool. It's a wonderful way to spend a day. I love them all. Yeah, my me my girlfriend and I, her birthday is September 29th, and then mine is September 30th. So we always try, we're not like huge birthday people, but we always yeah. like find a way to just do them together. And this year, we decided, uh, like next year, I guess, we were going to rent a cabana oh and, my God. and have like a, a birthday there. And That's it's funny, so I, I would have I would have absolutely forgot to talk about this, but I really liked when you referenced the waterproof disposables because they <laughs> still exist, those yeah. cameras. And I like I just don't understand what all the like film nostalgia and all that like on social media is like if you have a film post for whatever reason it's way cooler i don't understand why everyone isn't going to the water park with waterproof disposables that would be like the best content you could get i think so i uh we are planning to like ranch cabana and then i actually am am planning oh i mean i doubt Anyone at, at Fuji Film Canada is listening to this pod. But I want to reach out to them and try to get them to like send me a box of cameras, oh kind of as like a, a promo deal. And then just have like everyone like grab a camera and go like take as many photos as possible. And then we'll just have like a, a time capsule of, of all these photos at the mall. That would be so sick. Um, this is random, but have you been to the water park recently? No, I haven't been in in years. Actually, okay. I've I've looked, I longingly gaze inside whenever <laughs> I'm at the mall. Pressed against like, the glass. Yeah, from the yeah, weird yeah, viewing yeah, area. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't been in a long uh, time, in too long. Yeah. Hey, like one other reason that you have to have your next birthday party there is now they have the Coke freestyle machines. Um, Like, you know, the ones that they have, um, they have them at some movie theaters now um, where you get to fill up your own pop um, and you get to like remix it (laughs) with all of like the different flavors. You could like mix like, I don't know, like cherry Coke Zero with regular vanilla Coke. And I don't know, it's it's incredible. It's really cherry, a cherry on top to the experience. Is it, do you get to make your own label as well? Unfortunately, no. You all get the same cup, but you also like, there's no one working like at the stands. So you really just get to like fill your pop on your own whim so you could like have like seven cokes in one day <laughs> if you wanted to that, that i mean that is so fitting of the water but like at you know a kid's birthday of course you would just have as much sugar as humanly possible yeah in a water burger in arcade setting so yeah, maybe on my birthday I'll I'll just try to see how many cherry kills I can consume before feeling sick. I feel like it's much less than it was when I was a kid. 
You know, when I was a kid, I had yeah. probably had like 10, 15 now, maybe two, but I'll, I'll do it. it. It sounds fun. Yeah, the tragedy of getting older, but that sounds like the most baller birthday ever. I hope you do it. Do you, uh, like, did anything really awesome happen to you at the water but like do you have any memories from there that maybe you didn't write about like are there any that didn't make the books that you can like disclose now oh my god like nothing like nothing mind-blowing like all that comes to mind is just like random moments like um Oh, I want to like once my like top kind of fell off when I was on the on Nessie's Revenge um that was dramatic um I'm thinking of like moments in the wave pool where uh I don't know if this has happened to you like where you kind of get stuck underneath someone else's tube in the waves um oh, and yeah. it's scary and then you're like okay I guess this is how I'm gonna die <laughs> I uh, I do remember being at a birthday. Oh, I must have been like 12, 13. And, uh, and definitely, I don't know if it's like just me thinking back and being dramatic, but yeah. definitely almost like drowning. Like it was the waves. And yeah. I just was out there swimming forever and like almost going under. But then like being fun and it spitting me out and me just like it, probably not like telling anyone out of embarrassment but yeah definitely i know exactly yeah those are some dark moments yeah um uh, one moment that felt awesome though like again like not a crazy event but did you ever go on that slide that had the um it had those little like sleds and then you would skip across the water after like you had to go down this really steep slide um on these like plastic sleds yeah yeah definitely it was like right by the kind of the the gross like communal hot tubs oh yeah yeah just like the human soup um yeah. i remember the first time i did that i was like that's the fucking best thing i've ever done felt very euphoric after that that one always really scared me it was scary because if you um i've also kind of hurt myself on it because if you like tried to sit up at all like your neck would jerk back um I wonder if anyone ever really got hurt on that slide I wasn't able to find anything in the news but I'm sure people have like hurt their necks and stuff on it did uh I I think you bravely talked about this and this is one of the like you know who knows if it's true it's really been embellished over generations but I have heard it that someone going down Nessie's revenge didn't cross their arms and got their fingernails caught like in a seam between panels yeah. as they were going down and kind of like tore off all their fingernails like mid slide. Yeah, the one that that I heard of, I don't know which slide it was on. I don't know if it, I think it was the corkscrew where she didn't cross her arms. I guess who does cross their arms? So I guess this is why you're supposed to do it. Um, I think a ring or something got caught on it and degloved one of her fingers. So like <laughs> her bone was on, but the skin kind of got peeled off of it. Just so gross. I mean, that it could be the same story, just. Ooh. 
Yes, the urban legend. <laughs> that I mean, there there's a lot of them over the years, but like, I feel the like more wild ones might not like catch on and keep getting retold because they're so unbelievable that they just kind of like hit a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard so many urban legends about them all, like, um. Like the one about like cockroaches and I haven't been able to confirm that like but I've like talked to people who've worked at West Ed they're like yeah I've seen a cockroach but I feel like it wasn't who can corroborate that I don't know I don't know how could a cockroach live there I don't know no no I've I actually knew some people that worked there and I think they were telling a story about how it hadn't been cleaned like until COVID Oh, my God. Like, the pool hadn't been swept. So all the, like, Band-Aids and cockroaches and everything were were kind of just unearthed, like, for the first time in 2019. Oh, Lord. That would have... I bet it smelled crazy in there. You, uh... Do you referenced the phenomenon of people jumping? From the like second story into the like by the boat or I guess yeah. wherever the water is. Did you um have you known anyone personally who has made the jump? Honestly, no. No, I don't know anyone personally who's done it. Do you? I do. Yeah, allegedly. Uh yeah, a good friend of mine is obsessed with with doing it and then he uh, may or may not have done it on his birthday, I think. And uh, he was super prepared and planned it all out and knew where to exit, knew how to leave them all. Like he thought if, if they were to catch him, he get banned and he doesn't yeah. really go to the mall. So he was okay with that. And it was wow. funny, after the jump, he just got out of the water and casually walked out of the mall and no one seemed to care. No security or anything like came and talked to him. Like it was the middle of the day, quite busy. The video is <laughs> is pretty good. Oh my god. That's so impressive. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Like I was laughing inside when you were talking about the phenomenon. Because, I mean, I'm drawn to it, of course. I I get why people want to see it. But it's like anyone that jumps, any video like that is instantly viral. Like, if you can find a video of it online, millions of views, like, minimum. It's like every... Instantly iconic. Yeah, and I mean, I I would love to... I mean, maybe... I guess I have one other fact. If I was to write a book, which I'm not, I could write about the sign, and I would want to know the actual numbers on the jumps. Like, how many recorded jumps since the first one to now? Like, how many people have, have done it? Yeah, and how many people have gotten caught? Um, yeah, and like... I'm even interested in what happens when someone gets banned from the mall. Like, 
it's probably easy just to come back to the mall like how who's gonna recognize you and be like oh that's the guy like so many people come in and out of the mall every day i don't know i think people should just go for it I I think it's funny you you said that I can tie back maybe to that that kid that I was in uh, school with. I think if you're like a noticeable character, like if you're a self-proclaimed mall rat, the security guards are gonna know you, right? And they know like yeah. we we banned this guy. Like they may may have their photo in the back or whatever. Right. But yeah, I think if you're just a normal person and you are banned from the mall you can probably yeah, just back the next yeah. day like although i i have heard some very uh like kind of creepy and intrusive things about the security cameras mm-hmm. at the mall i've i've heard they're like so advanced that like uh if you're moving through the mall faster than you like if you're running or even walking at a brisk pace like if you were trying to evade security from shoplifting or worse like if you're i don't know doing like a terrorist thing or whatever right the cameras will like hone in on you because you're moving fast and they like Mm. automatically will like follow you oh that's interesting yeah and i guess also like with ai and like facial recognition stuff like i'm sure that's gonna change the anonymity of malls as well when i finished the book i was thinking like it's it's truly remarkable how many different things the book is about if that makes sense, like you like mm-hmm. talked about so many different things that all a hundred percent related to each other, but it was just so interesting how you tied like the animals in with Seventeen magazine and the like all the the deaths at the mall and how they don't want to really like even acknowledge them because it brings down the overall mood of the current job. Like you were just able to bounce back and forth between so many like relatable subjects, and then in the end, I was just like, "That's crazy that this book was about all of these things when it was really just about." the mall and then malls in general and like consumerism everything it was just so incredible that it it could be about so many different things while still being about the one kind of lane it was in in the beginning Mm -hmm. that like it must have been so hard for you or maybe it, it was effortless but just to like find that like was it difficult for you to like pick a direction like go like to decide where to go from here like which subject to go to and then back to which subject or was it all like kind of natural when you were writing it Mm, I think the hardest part was like honing it in like I really like going down rapid holes like I find it really hard to like I find it really easy to 
you know, find a topic that I'm interested in and then I want to learn everything about it. And then like spend like eight hours um, not getting up, just reading about it online and like going through like library, library archives, news archives, like just seeing whatever I can find on it. It was hard um, kind of limiting myself to being like, okay, you can't just like read forever. You actually have to write this down and make it make all that sense. So I think like it was um all these topics just like started like popping up like they just kind of all came to me just because so much happens in malls um yeah if I could just like spend like my whole life researching and never writing I would I would write so many books or I would want to write so many books how um like I don't want you to give away any any secrets to how it was structured but <laughs> like yeah did you change the order of, of subjects or like is that did you write it that way like the first time and then it was just like cohesive like that like I don't want to I don't want to give anything away so I'm trying to like be careful about what I oh, say yeah. but just the flow of all of it like the transition between what what that chapter was about I wonder, was it all from the beginning, like, you decided it would go that way, or did you have to, like, add and subtract until it all flowed, like, as smoothly as it did? Yeah, so, okay, actually, when I proposed the book, it was the same structure as it ended up being, so there's the introduction, and then there's a chapter about space, then, I think, youth, then animals, then accidents, then the future of them all, and that's just how it all came to me when I was just first planning out the book it was more like um nothing in that really changed but the challenge was figuring out like how to connect all of them and make it all make sense and make it feel like a book that has like flow and like ideas are being developed and not just me like being like listing facts like hey like did you know about the dolphins like kind of there had to be some sort of narrative linking it all that was the hardest part I think I mean, the, the animals chapter was really, really good. And, like, it made me, like, I almost actually teared up a couple times. Like, it was really well oh. done and really, like, kind of thought and emotion-provoking and informative. I, I don't know what my favorite part would be, but I, I really liked how you were able to, like, convey all of that info. And I had, I had heard about Howard, but all the other ones and their names were kind of like new to me mm -hmm. as well. And I I also uh, I mean I can I can edit this if I say anything you don't want in. I was telling my girlfriend I don't know how to how to say this without giving anything away, and then she advised. Just I I love the ending. I as a, as it got closer and closer to the end, I thought, how's she gonna wrap this up? Like how is she gonna tie it all up? And then yeah. just the way it ends is perfect. Like it it just oh ends. thanks. Like it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, that thanks for thanks for complimenting that because I really struggled with how to end the book. Like that was a lot of that was the hardest part. Like figuring out like how do I just like tie up all these loose ends that I feel like I've introduced. 
Yeah, but like to me, I I really I love when like TV or books or movies like just kind of end. Like they don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time like trying to wind it down perfectly and like taper it off. It's just you know like it's gonna end sometime, right? So like it, mm-hmm. you pick a point and end it. So when that happened the way it did, I I thought like this, this is, that's why I'm like, I just can't say enough. It's like literally my favorite book because the subject matter is like something I really crave. The way it was all like delivered was incredible. And then the ending, like it, it's not like trying to be anything else than it needs to be. Like it just tells you some stuff and then you'd like go on with your life knowing what you know it's very very interesting yeah yeah I just kind of I don't know sometimes that happens or that does happen a lot when I'm writing stuff I just kind of end it and sometimes it feels abrupt but mostly I just like have nothing left to say you know it's just like you're done the book now go on your merry way can I do you mind if I ask how long, uh, how long ish were you writing this book for, or like research and everything? Like, what when did you conceive the idea? Until like, when was the idea conceived, and then when I know when it's published, right? Like mm-hmm. now, basically. So how long did it take you to like do the entire project? Yeah. So the idea first came to be I guess it would be like like the fall of 2018 um and that was just when I first got the idea like oh I want to write a book about West Hampton Mall I think I would call it Big Mall and then I didn't actually start writing this book until maybe the summer of 2022 and then it took about a year and a half, I'd say, to like write the book, edit the book, get it in its final state. So it was a pretty fast write, I guess, all things considered, but it's been percolating in my mind for a really long time now. Was it a, like a hard sell? To, like, did, did you have to go to like, I mean, sorry if you don't want to answer, Did you have to like present it to a few publishers or was it like scooped up as soon as you like made the first pitch? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Okay, I would, I got really lucky. Um, But before I even like officially like made my book proposal, wrote it, had to go through that stuff. um, I I had gone to a few different events. Um, It wasn't like a formal book pitch, but it was when I was in the room with um, editors and you know agents people from you know bigger publishers in Canada and I kind of I told them about this book idea that I had and a lot of these events were happening in Ontario and I just saw people's eyes glaze over as no offense people from Ontario often do when you talk about being from Edmonton um, I just felt like no one really understood what I was trying to do or why it might be interesting to have a book about Edmonton or West End, Edmonton Mall um but so that happened and I was, it was kind of discouraging I was like you know what like maybe like this book just won't happen because it is just hard to publish a book in Canada without buy-in from people who are not from Alberta 
um because you want to sell a book to people who aren't from just alberta but um the lucky part came in it was the summer of i guess it was maybe the summer of 2021 um uh an editor from Coach House Books, like my publisher, his name's David Barry. Um, he reached out to me and he has lived in on, in Toronto, but he lives in Edmonton now and he's uh, like born and raised in Edmonton. Um, he reached out to me randomly and asked me if I had any book ideas because Coach House was just changing their model for nonfiction. Um, you know the traditional model is that you would have to go to agents and then the agent would shop around your book to different publishers Um, but they wanted to work with writers directly in developing the book idea so I really just like struck gold because um, I yeah this awesome opportunity just kind of landed in my lap and it was awesome being able to work with David someone from Edmonton but who also like has an awareness of the publishing industry outside of Edmonton to help me make the book appealing to people from not Edmonton, if that makes sense. Um, I I I feel bad and I'm worried about the answer because I'm quite a novice here, but is this I I'm so into this book that this is all I really focused on for this <laughs> interview. Have you written other books before? No, no, this is my first book, only book. I've written like articles, like all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is my first paper book. Okay, good. I I was hoping yeah, you weren't like, yeah, I've actually written six yeah. other books in the night. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, you don't know who I am? No. no. And uh, then, okay, follow-up question. You're obviously going to write more books right uh, I don't know I think it's kind of like having a baby I guess I have not had a baby but I've heard it's like this like it's like very tumultuous very difficult and then you come out on the other side and you're like let's do this again um so I kind of feel like that like as I was writing it I was like this is so fucking hard I never want to do this again um and now that I like see this product and I'm proud of it and I get to have conversations like this I'm like I guess maybe I'll do it again who knows it's kind of nice just living my life right now though not having to worry about like having homework that I've given myself yeah you know like I gotta say though I I really really hope you continue to write because like I, if this is your your first book, like all your growing pains and stuff go into this, I feel the next one could be better. Although I don't know, maybe that's too much pressure, right? Maybe a lot of people do write their first book is incredible, and then it's harder from there. So yeah. I don't want to like get in your head at all. It's just <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm happy that the answer is you haven't written books before but i'm also like i'm very surprised that you were able to write a book of this caliber for the first time without like Thank any, you. any previous yeah it's it's incredible were you i mean i uh like you did you have a newsletter before? I know you've had Twitter for a while, right? So you like writing like smaller stuff, right? 
yeah yeah like I'm very online um I've never had a newsletter but I've published um a quite a bit of nonfiction and a little bit of fiction like short stories um but my like formative experience in writing was at the U of A I worked for the student newspaper the gateway oh um, right yeah yeah so that was my that was my foray into publishing and where I feel like I was able to develop as a writer the most I'm really grateful that I was able to do that do you have any any other like cult obsessions kind of <laughs> like I mean you obviously like thought about them all for a while before writing this is there any anything else that's kind of a like a pop culture thing that like you're drawn to that Ooh. may or may not become a book later in life or was them all like kind of the one like all-consuming thing Oh man, I feel like nothing compares to them all. Just like, I mean, especially after being in the mindset of writing a book about it, like, I feel like it's only deepened the obsession. But I do have a lot of cultural obsessions. Like, I don't know, like, off the top of my head, like, I'm not a Disney adult. I'll make that clear. But I am really interested in like the Disney adult culture and like, like what we were talking about earlier with like the, the Disney college program. I find that fascinating. Um, I, another, I don't know, thing that is interesting to me is like different online communities. Like I know, um, like, you know, Nexopia, that's really yeah. fascinating to me. Neopets, um, all that stuff, like the Sims, fascinated by that. Um, and also horses. I like I was a total horse girl growing up and I find horse girl culture very fascinating. So uh, that's that's amazing you reminded me to ask you. Uh, what is horse girl culture? Like I, I know it's in your bio and you reference <laughs> it a bit in the book, but like can you explain like what what it like is this a thing that I'm just not familiar with like i i'm aware of horses and girls so i can imagine <laughs> what it would be but it sounds yeah. like you have a definitive like subculture description what would it be it sounds yeah you have the basis down pat so if you know what horses are you know what girls are um it's like the combo um like so i grew up uh riding horses um and so i guess it's like the I don't know what is like the comparison it's like if you think of like skater boys like that's like a culture of like boys who skateboard but then it's like all of the cultural stuff that you consume around it like Tony Hawk and whatever other stuff like all the like different video games you would play or music that you listen to that you associate with skating um I guess I would have that parallel in horses except it's like way less cool and chill and more like um there was like I don't know there's this thing called briar horses that was very big when I was growing up like these toy horses that you can buy um they're kind of like barbie horses um like american girl dolls but horses there was this oh, cool, yeah. Um, yeah 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 like there was also this very cringe online community that I was a part of it was called horsetopia um it's like neopets but you just pretend to have horses yeah that could 
now that I'm talking about it, maybe the next book will be called Big Horse. There will be a lot of horse stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's incredible. I would actually like to, to pry a tiny bit more in for you because that's very interesting. Where, <laughs> like, how do you, is, is there still, like, remnants of this online community? Like, where where can I see Horsetopia? Like, do they have discords and stuff now, or is it over? Oh, my God. I have no clue. Like, this is just, like, cracked open a part of my brain that has been dormant for, like, 10 years. Like, I haven't thought about Horsetopia specifically in a long time i haven't checked in on what's up on horstopia but yeah i guess if you google it like maybe they have a wikipedia page or maybe the website is still up and running um it was it was a crazy time on horstopia wish you were there (laughs) i wish like this sounds like almost more more interesting than it's not but you know it's a it's a funny thing to do about horstopia I'm gonna, yeah, you know, to yeah, I implore you to. So were were you um I mean you talk about like Nexobi and stuff now and in the book, but were you, you um were you online a lot back then too? Like were you Nexobia, Friendster, MySpace, like all this stuff until now or like what what back then? Were you visiting a lot? Like, did you have Nexobia Plus, like you talk about in the book? I have to admit, like, so I did not have Nex Plus, but I wanted it so desperately. Um, The problem was, though, I think you needed, did you need a credit card to buy it? Um, Or, like, there was just something that restricted my access from it. Like, um... I had like some friend drama in junior high and it was always like my friends that were going to the mall to buy next plus when wouldn't invite me (laughs) to come with them to buy next plus um so I just I was a basic ass nexopia user I could not see who was viewing my profile um but yeah that was my social media platform of choice I was on nexopia a lot um I was prior to nexopia on neopets a lot and then after Nexopia, I guess it would have been Facebook. I never had MySpace, though. Um, it was a little old for me. MySpace, I feel, was the best one. I mean, that Nexopia was great, too. It just seems like you skipped. Went from, like, the best to the worst, right? Like, yeah. Facebook, not that great. Tumblr was good. Oh, Tumblr. I was big into Tumblr. Love Tumblr. When you were on Exopia, did you uh, ever make it to, were you a top girl? No, no, like, I was not hot, um, but I was, like, obsessed with, like, creeping people's profiles, like, like, I just thought it was so amazing, like, all of these, like, emo girls, like, just how they perfected their aesthetic, and I just, like, I didn't even know where to go to, like, buy those things, like, or how to, like, ask your parents for money to, like, dye your hair pink i was like how are people allowed to do that i I was really sheltered do you ever think about now like that you're an adult you can do all these things you should like at your book launch you should just be emo oh hell yeah oh my god that's such a good idea 
like get snake I'm gonna get snake bites <laughs> and yeah my hair is gonna be parted like behind my ears like that's how hard my my side part will be um that's like a really good idea to heal my inner child I should just buy next plus now yeah I wanna does it exist anymore I it's been a while since I've checked I don't think it does I know like my old max account doesn't exist because i'm such an idiot and deleted it because i just thought that was the cool thing to do i was like okay we're all migrating to facebook i'm just gonna like cleanse my presence on nexopia but i, I wish i still had it like as a time capsule because that would have been fun oh i i do that all or did that all the time too and and thought it was the right move at the time and regret it like I too, whenever I move, like, you know, Friendster or Nexopia to Friendster, Friendster to MySpace, I would always like wipe everything. And now I, I just like, I, I've heard there are some people that still have like their full MySpace pages. Like you can just access all of it and being able to do that would be absolutely incredible, but it's not not possible for me and i i regret wiping it all it's so sad it's all the stuff that's just lost in the abyss it's yeah it's like a cultural artifact was it was that like you said you felt my you were too old or my space was too old well like what it was too old for me like just the, the average age of the people yeah like i i think i got nexopia when i was in grade eight um and even then like like i said i was sheltered like my friends were too like i guess maybe it's a saint albert thing or maybe it was just like my specific group of friends but there was just so much stuff in the news by that point in time where we were actually old enough to use myspace um there's just all this stuff like oh my god myspace is full of predators like if someone asks you asl and you answer like they will immediately find you and kidnap you um so even when we were creating our nexopia profiles in grade eight it was like oh my god like i'm gonna get in so much trouble if my mom knows i have nexopia um so myspace was just like far and beyond what felt like (laughs) what i could even just allowed to do i mean that is super commendable because you're saying like you knew you had the wherewithal to like not do it because you knew it was bad that's incredible because me and my friends we would have known it was bad but that would have been the driving factor we we wanted to be you know it would would have maybe made our parents mad so like we want to make our parents mad. even though i love my parents like at the time that would have probably been a bit of my thought process so it's really commendable that you had like the uh the just knew enough to stay away from it because it might disappoint the people in charge of you Whereas me and my friends were just out there trying to annoy these people. Like we would, the reasons (laughs) that kept you off it are the exact reasons that kept us on it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like you probably just had better experiences as a result. Like, I don't know. I regret it. Like, I wish I like, I wish I had experienced my space. Like, I wish I had been like a scene girl. Cause yeah, I don't know. That's what makes you cooler. And that's why, you know, people that have jumped off a ledge at West Hampton Mall and I don't. <laughs> yeah. I the, Actually, very, that's a good point. That is a good way to like kind of rationalize it or justify it I guess you yeah. uh, also really like sorry I'm all over the place remembering what I want to <laughs> want to talk about I I like that you kind of paid like some orange to wherever you go when you meet people outside the city and you tell them you're from here one yeah. of the first things they always talk about is is the mall I yeah. have been, I've been a few spots. Like I'm not extremely well traveled, but I've been around, and everywhere I've been, like Europe, states, wherever. Yeah. If you mention Edmonton, it's like the mall or Gretzky or both. Yeah, it's like the yeah. first thing people talk around. Literally, yeah, and I don't know. It's um, I think at different times I've found that like interesting, and then sometimes it's frustrating too. It's like you know, sometimes it's like when you meet someone from the States and you tell them that they're from Edmonton or that you're from Edmonton, they're like, oh, is that close to Toronto? It's like, do you know nothing about anything? I've I've gotten exactly that before, like, met people from the States who have said, like, oh, we, we did, like, a clothing pop-up at this store in Toronto. Like, were you there? It's like, well... No, it's like a flight or like four days driving. Like it doesn't work. I mean, they they don't know. It's not really their fault, right? But yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like people either talk about the mall or talk about the proximity to like Montreal or something as if it's like a 20-minute a commute. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's weird just to feel like people don't know anything about where you're from. But then also, it's like if I were to meet someone from Minneapolis, I'd be like, oh my god, the Mall of America, because it's like, I just know that about that place. And it's, it's like this big, funny thing to talk about, I guess. Oh, I'm, I think I've actually met people from Minneapolis. And the first thing I asked about was, yeah, so I'm <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I'm as guilty as the people the cycle like, continues. Yeah, yeah. What what do you feel about, uh, or how do you feel about, I feel that uh, not only do people really know us for the mall elsewhere, people from Edmonton tend to like stick together elsewhere, yeah. and then they yeah. bond about the mall and things here. Like, do you, living in Vancouver, do you have other friends who are from here? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that because literally my almost my entire friend group is from Edmonton or St. Albert and none of us knew each other in Edmonton or St. Albert. Like maybe we kind of like, um, you know, like we're mutual friends with someone. But yeah, it's weird how you just like you find each other and then that literally the mall is... Um, often like the first thing that we talk about and then you just start like you know telling stories and kind of riffing about it and suddenly you realize you have so much in common with these people and now they're my best friends 
that uh, you answered better than I asked because I I find that too like I I didn't add that part in a lot of people from Edmonton elsewhere kind of congregate with Edmontonians but yeah. they were never friends here no it's like someone will move and then someone will say Oh, if you're out there, my friend is also living out there. Exactly. And then you become friends, but you had like never even heard of them out here. Yeah. But yeah. because of things like the mall and other local things. Do you know anything about the tornado? Ooh, I know that um I think oh I'm trying to remember if my parents were in the city. I think my parents were both in Edmonton that day when it happened. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it other than that it happened and that I grew up with such a huge fear of tornadoes ever since learning about it. I was like, it's going to happen again. It's coming for us. Um, I remember my parents telling me about how the sky turned green um so I was always very vigilant about the sky turning green or not that's um one one thing that I wanted to not challenge you on at all it was just the only instance out of everything you wrote that I feel I could like kind of question this and it might be an interesting topic you Mm -hmm referenced um when the city started being called the city of champions right through hockey but i on the wikipedia for the tornado which i'm um i don't know if i'm more upset i'm equally into the tornado as a moment in pop culture not the the death and destruction, all that yeah. horrible. But I I have newspapers with them all, books, like photos, everything. I have like a decent collection. And in my readings about the tornado, um, it says that our mayor at the time, that's when we started being called City of Champions. Yeah. And yeah. it's that everyone thinks it's because of hockey. But it's actually because of when the tornado happened, how the yep. city came together and helped each other. And yep. I don't know if how, like, tr- you know, Wikipedia is a lot of good info, but it doesn't really mean it's true. But that's the only, I just wanted to bring up that I've heard yeah. a conflicting story. I'm not, I'm not at all saying you're wrong i'm just saying i've i've heard that side of things yeah no i know the part in the book that you're talking about um and i yeah i know that about that's where the city got its motto from i so that part in the book it's kind of like introducing edmonton um and i'm talking about how like when the oilers started doing really badly or like when gretzky got traded it yeah. made that motto feel ironic like and you know oh yeah like they have they haven't won since then like we've yeah. been the city of champions for almost 40 years 
city of champions yeah but I do find it interesting yeah like how those things have become conflated over time like because I it wasn't until like I was older that I learned that's that the city actually got its um, motto like from like people's like do good spirit of like you know banding together to clean up after the tornado and being resilient um but I always yeah just associated it with sports oh shoot um my speakers just died yeah, it's interesting that those two things got conflated. Like, I grew up thinking that it was dumb that we had this motto called City of Champions because we were so bad at sports. But yeah, the lore goes deeper than that. And it's like more wholesome than just being about sports. Yeah, I, like once once I started to hear that side of things, I just decided whether it's like factual or not i'm just kind of going with that because it's way cooler if we got it from the kindness of the people that live here instead of a hockey team that hasn't really won in 40 years yeah. still insisting they're champions yeah yeah it was i just, yeah i just remember feeling kind of like sheepish like um you know just like growing up in a place where you know your hockey team is shit and then every time you drive past the sign it's like city of champions womp womp. so i i should have asked this before to to tie it into the saint albert talk but if you're from out there i feel whenever you and your friends got to actually go to the mall it probably meant a lot more to you than it did to me and my friends who haven't like so it's like right there and like it's a bus away someone's parents would drop us off like it was easy for us to get there and then i feel maybe we took it a bit for granted but for you it was like more of a treat right you had to be more yeah. intentional with your time spent so like did it work like that or am i just like romanticizing it no that's 100 percent how it was it was like this attainable fantasy like like it just felt like a destination like i would fantasize about going there or i'd be like you know oh, i can't wait to go back to west dead because then i'll get to go to forever 21 um you know then i'll be able to like go to this big food court and go to the wave pool like i would go often like um like, like several times a year like or like monthly or several times a month um but yeah it was like enough that like there was a build-up to go in like it took like half an hour 20 minutes to drive there so yeah I was like, Ooh, I'm so excited to go to the mall it was an occasion you've uh I mean speaking of fantasies you've never been to the fantasy land Odell right you talked about like no I have not what what uh i mean besides the inflation what's stopping you i guess like that every time i go back home i stay with my parents um i don't know i think like maybe like when i come back to edmonton for the book tour i should just stay at the mall like speaking of like healing my inner child through buying things <laughs> that i can like buy now like i really want to stay in the arctic room i just think that would be so sweet or the galaxy room like this or the space room i guess as it's called have you ever stayed there no i haven't either but i i'm thinking about 
as part of this like mall birthday, maybe staying there for the oh, night. Oh, you have to. Yeah, that's a must. I uh, do you watch uh, White Lotus? Yes. I uh, like obviously they're not going to. They oh, should make a season of White Lotus at the Fantasyland Hotel. That would be so iconic. I think, I don't know, someone needs to tell Mike White that. Maybe you can. It, I think that would be perfect. I think there needs to be more movies at the mall that aren't just Christmas in Wonderland. Or I guess White Lotus is the TV show, but you know what I mean. Just more more art and culture about the mall. I'm here for it. Yeah, it is. It's very weird to me that there isn't more documentation of the mall. Like, just... I mean, sheer, just the numbers, like, how many people go there all the time? It's like a, a tourist mecca, right? And, you know, back 20 years ago, 30 years ago, everyone had film cameras. Now everyone has phones. You would think there's, like, millions of photos happening in the mall, but it's, like, pretty rare to actually see one. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting too because the mall is always changing. Like, the mall that we grew up with, like, doesn't really exist anymore just because it's like physically changed so much. Like, Bourbon Street used to be so sick. Yeah, yeah, Bourbon Street was definitely cool. It's not. No. I mean, probably for good reasons. A lot of stuff is gone, but like, it was. It was yeah. definitely. It was. Oh, you know what that reminds me too. Uh, how you were saying. Was it one of the Gourmetians once made that like extremely bold statement that no one needs to go to Europe anymore because yeah. they can just go to Europa Boulevard? I yeah. thought that was like <laughs> the most brazen statement like ever made. Can you imagine? Yeah, cancel, cancel the flights to Paris, babe. We're going to Simon's. Yeah, like what? I think there was a Hooters on Bourbon Street way, yeah. way after it should have not been there. Yeah, I feel, I think it's still there, right? Uh, maybe, but if, I'm not That's saying wild. like it, the, the good old Hooters is gone and we can't have nice things anymore, but <laughs> I feel if it's there, it, it's nothing like, what it was at one point right like, <laughs> I don't, but i'm sure like when when that was appropriate it probably made like it, it was probably one of the best performing hooters like in the world oh i can imagine yeah these these dads ready to kick back after a long day of shopping oh all the, all the dads that were on the couches in front yeah. of Victoria's Secret, they get to yeah. go to Hooters after that. Yeah. It sounds terribly toxic, but it also sounds like something that would generate profit at a yeah. point. A great business decision. You know, I've actually heard kind of through the grapevine that in the 80s, the Grimacians started doing. Like, they started out being an open book, kind of, and they were, like, doing a lot of interviews, and a lot of people were, like, really mean to them and, like, quite racist, and yeah. they they just 
all like in the eighties, we're like we like this is terrible, and we're not doing this anymore. And then they've stuck to that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't blame them. I think, yeah, I can only imagine like yeah, being this immigrant family in the eighties, like eighties Alberta, um, yeah, kind of emerging on the scene like that. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't blame them, but yeah, I also think. In I I sometimes wonder though like if the Gamizians are more attractive to me because you can access all this info like I'm I think of people who are like very public and you know like post everything on social media and do every interview and take photos with every like fan. And and that's cool for their approach too, but then it's like, well, I don't need to, I don't want to know anything about these people. I've already kind of been told all about them, even without fully asking. Like I know everything about them. Gumasians are like such a mystery, and it might be more alluring because I they like they don't want us to have that info. So as soon as like I'm. I'm not supposed to have this info. It's like the only info I crave, right? Yeah. So it's like if all of a sudden they were just out there, I wonder if then I'd be like, what? I don't really care about them all anymore. I like know enough about it. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. It, it adds to the mystery of it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of connects all the different things that we've talked about, like how we all know so much about them all, but there's still so much mystery around it. Like, oh, are there tunnels? Like, did that woman have all of her fingers ripped off? Like, who are the people that actually own this place? I think it creates, turns them on to, like, it's not just a mall, it's, like, this mystery that we're all a part of. What do you think about, like, the, it seems like the mall is, is like, trending right now, in a way, <laughs> like, that, sort of what I asked earlier, how long this has been in development, because I was wondering, if you had been working on it for long enough that you kind of saw all the other, either, like there was that art show here that was kind of mm. like themed around the mall. A great show. And then like Best of the Mall, of course, mm. that guy like is a, <laughs> a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. I just wonder if you feel at all like you, you had the idea first. Like even mm-hmm. though the mall has been around for a while, like, I wonder if you were like, I'm gonna read about this, and then in the time that you were doing your research, you saw a bunch of other stuff gonna come and go. Like, does that bother you, or do you feed off it, or a bit of both? No, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, if anything, it made me a little bit scared that I was like, oh no, is someone like writing the exact same book as me at at the exact same time, and I just don't know about it, and like what if it comes out like right before my book comes out um but yeah as I was working on this book I was noticing like more people were writing about malls in general there have been a couple good books about malls um that have come out I'm just looking at my bookshelf right now there's a good book called Meet Me by the Fountain by Alexandra Lange the land uh yeah I'm look I'm looking at it right now my girlfriend got it for me Oh, nice. Christmas. I haven't I haven't started it yet, but yeah, oh, no, I know. Wow, small book world. 
Um, but no, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's like, it's not a coincidence that so many people are thinking about malls. I wonder if the pandemic had anything to do with it too. Like a lot of like small malls are closing or like a lot of places that we used to go to in malls that we were nostalgic about are closing. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess maybe for people our age, it just raises a lot of questions about malls or puts malls on our brains. So I guess it makes sense that a lot of people would want to create art about it or write a book about it or make a YouTube channel about it because now we're all old enough to be nostalgic about our childhoods because we aren't kids anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I feel exactly it's been like just enough time that we can just remember all the good and kind of like push out any of the negative and then just like fully reminisce on it like in a positive way yeah yeah you you mentioned too that the mall kind of spoiled you and kind of ruins other malls for you (laughs) i i related to that probably most out of anything you talked about because i feel when I like travel or go to a new mall, all I'm thinking is like, well, they're, they're not even a water park or a roller coaster, and this mall is not good. And yeah. then, yeah, it's like ruined all other malls for me, and, and eat, whether it's good or bad. And obviously, you feel the same way, right? Like, is there anything in Vancouver even remotely close? no no oh my god no it pisses me off um we have there's a mall called metro town but it's not even in vancouver it's in burnaby um and i think actually like more people visit metro town every year than west edmonton mall um it's an extremely busy mall and it's so unpleasant to visit like what I love about West Edmonton Mall is that you always know where you are because it, it, you kind of like go in a circle, right? Like, because there's always like something in the middle, like, you know, like the ship or like the ice rink, like you're always walking in these loops. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so many other malls are just like these like clusterfucks of just like people walking at you from all angles. Um, I actually went to the mall with my friend Ethan last week because um, we were doing an interview for his newsletter we decided to do it at metro town and i when i came home i just needed to lie down because i was so overstimulated just from like how unpleasant that mall is um yeah but i don't know i i love i love going to west Edmonton mall because i find there's also like little meditative moments you can have like you can look longingly out at the water park you can look at the ship um no other mall compares yeah, I mean the ship is is quite an insane thing to uh, to have in the middle of a mall, which I feel we just all like kind of don't even think of it because of how much other insane stuff there is. Like once yeah. there's a water park, anything else is kind of dwarfed by that. But if you think okay. about it, like just having a ship in the middle of the mall is pretty <laughs> insane in itself. But yeah, up against like Whataburger, uh, roller coaster, not as epic, but mm-hmm. I think people get married on it. Like, still, I think I was there the other day and there was someone being married on the ship, which 
to me seems really weird and just any mall goer can just watch your yeah. marriage that's weird but maybe cool like if that's your thing yeah i can't tell if that is yeah goals or like the weirdest thing ever and then you can get one of the penguins from sea life caverns to walk you down the aisle i guess See that would actually be kind of cool. I'm I I like it now that you've introduced the the penguins to it. <laughs> uh, okay, now we. I mean, not that we had a time limit, but I just looked and we're we're over the amount of time I said I would need you for. <laughs> I I feel that I could honestly I could ask you questions about them all for the rest of our lives. Oh but I, I don't want to annoy, annoy anyone. I don't want to give, I mean, I feel like we gave a lot away, but I think people will still be very interested to read this book. I uh, Yeah, we scratched the surface. There's so much to discover about malls. Yeah, there there really was, like, an, a very remarkable amount of, like, useful info kind of not not crammed because i feel crammed might be a bit pejorative but you fit a lot of very useful intel into like it wasn't a small book it wasn't a huge book it's like the perfect size of a book to like convey the info that you conveyed and to be honest like i looking at it like holding it i felt it's not gonna have this much info like it's i don't know i wasn't like gauging what i thought would be in it based on the size and weight but just after reading it after knowing what i learned from it i'm like i i learned a lot from like i have other books on my bookshelf that are that size that i didn't take away like nearly as much from Oh, well, thank you for saying that. Sometimes, like, when I first got, like, the physical copy of the book, I was like, man, like, that's it? <laughs> like, because it just, yeah, it felt like it took a lot out of me to write it, and it is, yeah, it's only, like, 180 pages or something, so it's definitely not a big book, so I'm glad you feel like it packs a punch for its weight. Well, you know what? Thank you very much for, for this has been an incredible conversation. With me, very cool that a book like resonated so much with me yesterday, and then I'm able to like talk to the author today. I've also, uh, I've I've had some other guests who are uh, among other things authors, yeah. and I know obviously you do other things as well, but I think you'll you're the first guest that will actually be a conversation with author kate black whoa i've had that you know jason from glass bookshops he's an author but i had him on as primarily a bookshop owner so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm excited to be able to release like one with an author so i'm I'm honored honored to be the first or yeah first book talk um yeah, but thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun just to talk about West Hampton Mall. And I I love that the book resonated with you. Yeah. No, no. Pleasure is all mine. The book is incredible. Thank you for for sending me one and everything. Please uh, 
keep me informed with uh, the launch and stuff. And like I said, I can, I don't know if you need any help at all. You People seem to love it without me saying anything about it, but I would love to be able to at least like post the, the flyer and stuff and send anyone who listens to me over there. Before before we actually hop off though, do you wanna let people know where they can find you and your work and stuff online, please? Yeah. Um probably the best place to find me is on Twitter at Kate G Black. Um yeah. And if you go to my Twitter, you'll find links to my website if you want to read other things I've written. Um my website will also take you to links places that you can buy a big mall yeah kate g black on twitter would love to see you there are you, you ever gonna call it x or are you like twitter forever i like refuse to call it x that is so weird and i just don't want to give elon musk that pleasure <laughs> of yeah assimilating to his way of doing things yeah the, i mean i only hear people still say twitter or if they have to like begrudgingly say X, it's always X formerly Twitter. Like there's yeah. always gonna be the Twitter in there. Yeah, I don't know. The Twitter is always gonna be in us. You can't take it out of us. Well, I'll uh, I'll link that for sure. I'll link uh, I'll link straight to coaches for sure. I'm sure you can buy it everywhere else, but mm-hmm. you don't wanna. As we're not promoting Elon, maybe not best to not promote uh, Bezos as well, even though I'm sure it's there. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. This was awesome. And uh, keep in touch, please. I, I would love to, to stay up to date with whatever you're up to, even beyond this project as well. Because like I was saying, hopefully there's more books to come you uh are are quite good at making them so (laughs) thank you for the encouragement that definitely yeah that persuades me to keep it up so thanks so much for having me yeah no problem enjoy enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh yeah thank you thanks Wesley. bye bye